For busy parents, coffee is our fuel. Now, if only we could have it on drip, literally. Thank goodness for James Coffee Company, a specialty coffee roaster based in San Diego, California. Have you ever had a bad aftertaste in your mouth from drinking coffee? That comes from drinking low quality coffee. Specialty coffee, like James, has a pleasant taste on the palate and only gets better when it cools down, which is when I usually get the chance to drink it. Sourcing the highest quality green coffee beans roasted to their greatest flavor potential, James roasts coffee daily, so it's fresh when it arrives on your doorstep, unlike buying from a grocery store where coffee may sit on the shelves for months. James supports small farmers and co-ops, and with your order, you support a small business with ethical and sustainable practices that pay their producers above fair market price. All of their coffee bags are 100% recyclable. And fun fact, in James Company coffee shops, the brand has eliminated all single-use cups and has switched to serving drinks in glass jars. Use my code MOMSENSE50 for 50% off your first subscription order and receive 20% off every order after that. It's MOMSENSE50. Just visit jamescoffeeco.com backslash subscriptions. Again, jamescoffeeco.com backslash subscriptions. So the next time you're waking up to make your cup of joe, let it be James. I think another big lesson my mom taught me was, um, was to not complain. And I'm not being like toxically positive here, you know, just not the complaining about things like, you know, me saying I'm tired. Like it doesn't mean a bed is going to appear. Like if you're tired, figure it out. And it made it so positive. Like if there was a problem, it was like, okay, we got to solve it. What are we going to do team? Let's be proactive. Let's get in front of this. And quite frankly, it was just really nice to be in an environment like that. And again, it wasn't like the sunshine family, you know, of course there were issues and of course there were things that conflict and things that we talked about, but I just felt that, you know, following that role model of not just whining and complaining about things really served me well. And, you know, as a result, you know, I always say this parenting gig, it's all about the role modeling. Like we can talk to them. We're blue in the face, what we want our kids to do and we want them to be like, and what our expectations are, but it is a role modeling gig. So, you know what, you don't want whiny kids don't whine. (laughs) As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. Back to school season is upon us, and whether your children are doing a hybrid model or going in person, The best part about it, in my opinion, is the shopping and getting organized. Today, I have the founder of Mabel's Labels, Julie Cole, on the show. I know I can already hear the moms fanning out about Julie. She is a recovered lawyer, mom of six, and co-founder of Mabel's Labels. She has helped her company bring their product to a worldwide market, gain media recognition, and win countless awards. Cole is a passionate entrepreneur, published author, and sought-after speaker. Julie is no stranger to the media, having appeared on NBC's The Today Show, HLN's Raising America, Breakfast Television, The Maryland Dennis Show, CP24, among many others. As a blogger and writer, her articles have appeared in The Huffington Post, Today's Parent, The Globe and Mail, Profit Magazine, Working Mother Magazine, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Power Moms, and numerous websites. When she's not juggling her busy family and professional life, Julie is an engaged community member serving on boards and volunteering. She is passionate about women's issues, mentoring young entrepreneurs, 
and social justice. Julie, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. Oh, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Yes, I'm so excited for you to just dive in and tell us the entire backstory because many of us love and use Mabel's labels, but for those who don't, you're going to get 411 today. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Tell us about how you grew up. Well, I grew up, I actually am in Toronto and I grew up with three siblings and my mom and dad who were both teachers. And that was 50 years ago. I was born. I just had my 50th birthday, actually. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. Oh, so, Thank so you. Happy for you. What a milestone. It was, but you know what? It was pretty anticlimactic with us being in lockdown yeah, and the sure. COVID. So you know what? Nothing really happened. That was too big or special, but that's all right you know what, we all just celebrate in our own way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and honestly, let's face it, mostly moms just get ignored on our birthdays. So this is I no know. different. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're just unloading the dishwasher and, you know, right? the, the huge. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So I grew up here in Canada. I went and did my undergraduate degree. And then I actually ended up at NYU where I did my master's degree. And then I ended up in law school. And then I ended up marrying an Australian. And we lived in Australia for about five years, had three kids there, had three kids back in Toronto. And it's gotten very easy for me because my youngest is now 12. So all of you people out there with little ones, you know, sometimes you'll hear people like me say things like, Oh, bigger kids, bigger problems. But I can tell you it's way easier. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> it's way easier. Like uh, my tea is still hot when I drink it. I sleep yes. at night. Like uh-huh. my food is warm when I eat it. I don't just eat crusts for lunch. It's quite decadent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I cannot wait for this next phase. Um, it's so encouraging to hear you say that because you know, every single milestone for a child is challenging. And, you know, for you to have this level of positivity and six kids in your brood is incredible. You know, I can only imagine what parenting is like for each personality and, you know, each preference. Well, that's exactly right. You know, they're all people often say, well, you have six kids, uh, you know, probably one parenting style. Like, no, there's six parenting styles. They're all different. They all, my mother always taught us, you don't treat your kids the same because they're not the same. To be treating them the same would be not treat them equally, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, you have to respond to their their various needs and, and such. But, you know, I will say too that when I was heading in the teenager phase because I think I have about five teenagers right now when I was heading into that phase (laughs) I know I was really nervous because I always thought of myself as a baby person like I loved my babies but you know what each of these stages lasts five minutes so try to enjoy them all for all of their unique challenges like I really did enjoy my babies and I liked my preschoolers and I enjoyed the school age and I'm really enjoying the teenagers they're really smart and interesting and keep us on our toes and that sort of thing. So that, you know, they're, they're all to be enjoyed. Yes. Yes. I love that mindset of yours. What were some of the lessons that your parents passed on to you? You know, it's funny. I actually just wrote about one that my dad taught me and it was one that I kind of forgot about. And then on father's day this year, I thought, ah, I just remembered a very interesting story from when I was a little kid. Like I said, my dad was a teacher and he's been gone now for about 10 years. He passed away 10 years ago. I remember once when we were little girls, he had a friend coming over who was a retired teacher and he he was widowed and his children lived far away or his grandchildren lived far away. And before he came over, my dad said, girls, when you come in to say goodnight to me and give me a kiss and hug goodnight, if you want and you don't have to, I won't be disappointed. But if you want to give my friend a little hug goodnight, he'd probably love that because he misses his grandkids. And we are like, oh, that's weird. Like he's asking us if we want to, whatever. Anyway, I just really remembered that because to me, that was a really big lesson in consent. And it really mm-hmm. taught me like it just, and I realized it, I did carry it through with my kids. You know, it was never, no, you don't have to sit on Santa's knee or it's never, you don't have to give that uncle a hug. You don't have to, right. because teaching them about their bodies and having body autonomy is such an important lesson. I feel like my dad, you know, he did that 45 years ago, really taught us a lesson and, and really honored and respected us. And I, I felt that way throughout my childhood. So I think, wow. you know, I think that is something that if I, if I could, do anything for my children, you know, I I don't really care how, how smart they are. If they are pretty or like, 
are good at sports. Like I really just want them to be self-confident and to be happy in themselves because really that's all, all that really matters. Um, so, you know, building, building kids with self-confidence was a huge one. I already mentioned about my mom, you know, teaching us about how you have to have different parenting styles. Each child is, is so different. I think another big lesson my mom taught me was, um, was to not complain. And I'm not being like toxically positive here, you know, just not the complaining about things like, you know, me saying I'm tired. Like it doesn't mean a bed is going to appear. Like if you're tired, figure it out. And it made it so positive. Like if there was a problem, it was like, okay, we got to solve it. What are we going to do team? Let's be proactive. Let's get in front of this. And quite frankly, it was just really nice to be in an environment like that. And again, it wasn't like the sunshine family, you know, of course there were issues and of course there were things that conflict and things that we talked about, but I just felt that, you know, following that role model of not just whining and complaining about things really served me well. And, you know, as a result, you know, I always say this parenting gig, it's all about the role modeling. Like we can talk to them. We're blue in the face, what we want our kids to do and we want them to be like, and what our expectations are, but it is a role modeling gig. So, you know what, you don't want whiny kids, don't whine. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's really, really eye-opening that you say that. And I think because we're so overwhelmed, because we're so burnt out, I think we maybe take advantage of the fact that we can keep complaining about it and it doesn't really solve anything, you know? And so listing out everything we have to do, or I, I, Love that mindset, and I'm going to take you up on that. Love um, it. No Love more it. complaining, and also no like about being tired, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it just it, it's just yeah. boring. It's boring to listen it's, to, quite yes, frankly. Yes, like, yeah. who wants? My grandmother always said, "Don't talk." What did she say? She said, "Don't talk old. Don't talk poor. Don't talk tired. Don't talk sore." She goes, "People don't want to hear about your money problems, your achy bones, or your." She's like, "Oh, I hate all the old people for all like they all." My grandma died at 101. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's she that's hated video. the old. People. People. Yeah. 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 That's why she lives so long. She was on all the ailments. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I think we took we took too good care of her, and that's what kept her going so long. That's that's incredible. Testament to your family. And um, you know what? She yeah. was she was also, I'll just share one, but she was full of gems. She was an old Irish woman. She was one of 21 kids, born in 1916. And, you know, she was a hoot because she, she was a real feminist. She loved us girls and she loved, you know, our entrepreneurial journey. And she loved Mabel's labels. And when we won like women entrepreneur awards, she would make sure she was at that, you know, red, red carpet event. She was in that limo with us. And like, she was, she was, she was a hoot, but she also was a very big believer in being humble and being Mm. grateful. And she had this expression she'd say to us to, you know, keep us built up, but also to keep us humble. And she'd say, Julie, you're as good as the rest of them and better than none. True oh my gosh, real talk. Yes, yes, yeah. It keeps you grounded for sure. Yeah. Oh wow. So tell us about you know your career in you know in the legal industry and and some milestones there. Sure. Well, I didn't practice for very long. I was doing family law and I was working for a women's legal service, which was. Difficult. Um, we had like bulletproof glass because of uh, like our our clients' partners and that sort of thing. I'm sure I would have burnt out eventually, but <laughs> I started Mabel's Labels not too long after practicing, and there were a couple of reasons for that. The first was that um, along with my co-founders, who's who are my sister and two friends from university from college, mm-hmm. and we started it. Our first why was because we noticed a product from missing from the market. I had a couple little kids and, you know, we're using masking tape and permit marker. We're like, you know, you're a labeling goddess, you know, that's yeah. not good enough. Yeah, that's no, not good enough. Definitely not as pretty and right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And durable. So we thought, you right. know what, there's got to be a product out there. And there really wasn't. So like good entrepreneurial mamas, we, we created it. So that was the first why. And the second why was actually my son at that age was three. And he had just been diagnosed with autism. Mm. And I realized at that point, and he, I mean, he had only just turned three and he already had two little sisters. So it was busy anyway. Wow. Wow. It was busy. So um, I realized at that point, I did a lot of research and I thought, 
I don't think the traditional workforce is going to suit me. It's not going to suit my family. I need to have some flexibility that, you know, having a business can provide. I need to set up a therapy program for my son. I have to be able to advocate for him. Right. I, had, I had a big job. My whole world pivoted in that moment. And, yes. you know, you know how kids are like, talk about a pivot. You don't know what you're getting when you have these kids. You don't know what you're yeah. walking into and what can change at any moment. And of course, you know, when you have a child with a disability, so much, so much does change quickly. At that point, when Mac got his diagnosis, I said to the gals, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave legal. And I think now's the time for our label company idea. What do you think? And there we went and we haven't looked back since. And that was 18 years ago. And wow. I can tell you this as Mabel's labels has grown and we've had a, you know, a lot of success and, you know, we, we, we've done, we've done quite well. We have about 40 full-time employees as well as to 70 in the, in the summer with all the back to school shenanigans. But my son is now 21 and he is just, he's just finished third year of university. He, spent, you know, uh, summer doing aid work in Africa. He's got his driver's license. He's a lifeguard. He's got loads of friends. He lives independently at university with, with other guys. And, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, as, as Mabel's labels had, has experienced so much success as has my son. I often joke that on my deathbed, I'll say he's my life's greatest achievement and the other five are okay too. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. And my eyes are welling up just thinking Aww. about it. How, um, how incredible it is that you decided to make this career shift. And he was the impetus for that. And he's thriving. Yeah. It's that choice you made. It's pretty special. I'm, I am. I'm a pretty proud mama. And I know any of your listeners out there, if you have a child who's not neurotypical, you know, every gain that you make just feels so monumental and so special. You know, I always, with my neurotypical kids, I'm like, oh yeah, good job. Awesome. Right. But with, yeah. with Mac, it's just like, oh, it's just yes, amazing. Yes. It's just, you know, it's just taken so much work. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. We have to be mindful that it's like, you know, it's a completely different world that they're yeah. living in so you can't hold them to the exact same standard and the their achievements are leaps and bounds yeah it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> special so yeah so that's so that's the Mabel's label story it was I always say you know people say what you know I, I want to start a business I'm like know your why why you're doing yes, it and yes. also the big thing make sure your family is on board because right. you know if you have a spouse like I was in a basement making labels till 2 a.m. every like put kids to bed at eight, you know, make labels till 2 a.m., get up at six, do the do all day again with kids, and then trying to catch emails, and then making labels. So, you know, you're not gonna have like me time, you're not gonna have like couples time, you're not gonna go on holidays, you're not like you're right. basically gonna be working hard and not making any money and yeah. giving up a you know lucrative career. So, you know, every, everybody's got to be on board, manage those expectations because I find people really romanticize entrepreneurship and, you know, they think it's really sexy and it's really, really not for a long, yes. long time. You're so right. You are so right. Yeah. And you're oftentimes burning the candle at both ends. Um, yeah. yeah. My expression is don't tell me I'm burning the candle at both ends. Get me some more wax. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> And now for a quick break brought to you by my brand sponsor, Homer. Hi, this is Kanika Chandragupta, founder and host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm Stephanie Dua, president and co-founder of Homer. And this is At Home with Homer. Homer is the essential early learning program for kids aged two to eight. We have the most comprehensive app available for early learning skills that you can find on iOS or Google Play. And you can also find our really fun explore kits that help kids with their math, their reading, and social emotional learning that you can find on our website, learnwithhomer.com. On this weekly segment, we're going to cover a range of topics from raising confident readers to developing emotional intelligence. These are the skills that will carry your child through school and life and resonate most when taught at home by you, their most important teacher. So grab a notepad, your phone, or your mental notebook to remember the tips shared during the segment. And now on to At Home with Homer. Homer! This installment of At Home with Homer is all about getting involved. 
So in case our listeners aren't aware, Stephanie Dua's children are very involved in their community in Miami. And I think it's so important to instill this yearning to give back at a young age. So Stephanie, how did you inspire your kids to get involved and give back to their community? Yeah, thanks, Kanika. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. I've spent a lot of my life working sometimes in the for-profit sector, but a lot of working in the nonprofit sector, really trying to work with mission-oriented companies. And you see firsthand all of the challenges from soup kitchens to education systems to children living in foster care or you know young children um, living in detention centers. So I'm super passionate about this. I tried very hard to instill it in my kids. And one of the things I found is it's really hard to find a way for kids to get involved. You know, every place you call to volunteer, they say, well, they're not old enough, or there's a lot of paperwork you have to fill out, you know? And so it's, it was really hard. And during COVID, my youngest, Isla, found the same thing. She and her friends were trying to get involved in Miami here. They were creating masks and they wanted to do care packages, but everywhere they turned, they said that they couldn't find a place to be helpful. Mm. So they created something called Miami Strong.us with a, a number of other kids. I think they were 10 at the time. And it's really a mission-oriented endeavor to try and bring ideas and service opportunities to young children. But what I like to say is in your own community, you have to keep it simple because I think if it becomes another job that you're trying to do, it feels overwhelming and you're not going to be able to find the time for it. So believe it or not, simple, simple things make a huge difference. So idea number one, I always like to say is, you know, there's always someone who's in need of care locally in your neighborhood, in your school environment. There's always, you know, the Surfside condo collapse just happened. So we just ended up sending Uber Eats meals to the service and the rescue and search teams. So there's always a way to easily understand an issue and put together a care package. And I think it's important for anything you do with your family to have three components. I like to say one is an understanding of the issue, even for little kids. So what is the understanding of the issue around homelessness? What is the understanding of the issue around children foster care? Because that helps build empathy and understanding. And then second is what is one small thing I can do to help with that issue? And Third, you know, how do you make it their own so that they're able to put their own personal stamp on it, you know, in a way that works for them. But a couple of other ideas I like to always offer to families that we've done is definitely putting together care packages for a neighbor is great or someone in your community. Two is collecting kind of non-perishable items that you can donate to a food pantry. We did that during COVID. We could just drop it off at any one of many food pantries. Three is really setting up a spare change jar in your home for a local charity. We have the girls each have a little jar of to give, you know, and so that they can collect change and they can think about where they want to donate that. And even small things like looking around your neighborhood when you're walking your dog and saying like, we should pick up this trash because having trash around our neighborhood is not good for the environment, or we should use recyclable containers instead of single use containers because that's Mm -hmm. not good for our environment. So again, it's sort of how do you kind of build some of those habits so that you're in service? But the bigger point is what does service mean for your family and really having conversations about that. In the end, what you realize, what all studies will tell you about happiness is The biggest component of happiness is community, number one, and two is acts of service. So, Mm. you know, I think building those habits early on so that kids understand it's not about me, but it's about how might I use this time to do something good for somebody else. That's building the blocks of empathy and kindness and gratitude that are so important for children. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I want to kind of talk about Miami Strong. (laughs) Because I'm on the website now. It is such a robust, really beautifully designed site. How did you know your 10-year-old conceptualize this? And then how did you team up with other parents and launch something of this scale? She has two friends that they work on it together. And once a quarter, they pick an issue that they want to learn about. And then they identify a charity, a nonprofit in the community to work with. And what excited them was, you know, this concept of how do you identify what it means to be a strong community? You know, they have a sense of what it means to be a strong student. They have a sense of what does it mean to have a strong family life, but what does it mean to have a strong community? Certainly in Miami, there are many individuals, adults and children who are struggling with food insecurity, you know, that don't have meals. You know, there are many children and adults who are homeless. 
And so they got very passionate about those issues, especially during COVID and trying to understand them and then finding ways for young children to get involved. So one of the things they do is they have a big potluck, a casserole, believe it or not, it's like a casserole night. And they make <laughs> casseroles for this wonderful organization, Camilla's House here in Miami. They, as a family and kids, they all get together in a kitchen and make these casseroles to deliver. The second thing they love doing is collecting little toiletries that you get from hotels and otherwise, obviously, before COVID, that was more common, but they collect all these little toiletries. And those are great for the homeless shelters because they're small, single-use toiletries that are in high demand, believe it or not. And so instead of tossing them, they can collect them and donate them. So it's really just about picking one thing, not making mm-hmm. it overcomplicated. Um, but for these girls, they were really interested in homelessness and they were really interested in food insecurity and how do you get meals in the hands of kids and adults who don't have access to it. Yes, no, that's great. But advice for the parents, I mean, for how they got the website up, how they yeah. built their community, how, you know, is it Facebook driven? Yeah, exactly. Well, so the good news right now is they are so technically savvy at this age. So they know Canva, <laughs> so they know how to create templates, Squarespace, I think, just to get yes. a new website, you know, mm-hmm. so all of this is self-serve now. And so they didn't even need to know how to code. They just needed to use a few YouTube tutorials and figure out how to set something up. And then they use stock photography largely to kind of create it. And, you know, the big thing was not getting in their way, really like lead and letting it be their thing. And, you know, now they're starting their next project again. So they're busy kids, right? So you also have to make it something that's manageable for them, but they really enjoy, they enjoy the community element because they get together their girls, are like 12 of them, they get together and they, it's a fun event to do. They'll go to the mall and they'll buy some things, you know, and they'll create care packages for kids. It becomes like a social effort as well. Yes, yes, yes. It's really, really nice. If anyone has 10 year old girls, you know, that that's <laughs> like a fun thing to do to go to someone's house and create care packages for them. Oh my goodness. That is really enterprising. Um, and it's so amazing how they came together and they're learning as they go. It's, it's their own kind of project um, and they're giving back in the process, which is the best part of it. I wanted to also ask you about with younger kids, how can we really spell out the fact that there is adversity in the world? Mm -hmm. There are those who are less fortunate than us. And I'm kind of tracing it back to my childhood. You know, we would go to vacation in India every year since I can remember. And I would see abject poverty. Yeah firsthand and seeing eight, nine-year-old girls looking through a car window at me, looking just like me. And I mean, it's just, it gets me choked up to think about that they don't have clothes, they don't have food, they're living on the street, you know, and it just, because it was so in my face, I felt compelled to give back. And, you know, we had made it a tradition in our family to visit orphanages, bring food, and then I would get to interact with the children and it made it all the more personal. So is there a way that we could do that for young kids? I mean, I was thinking showing them the videos of a homeless shelter in the area or something that makes it palpable that like, you know, this is a child and, you know, they don't have what you have and it's up to us to help them out. Yeah, I love what you said about it, a tradition, because I think for us, it's the same. And I think that that traditions are a very powerful thing for families, especially for young kids, because then they know, like, every time we go to India, this is what we do. And it becomes part of their narrative. And it really, it's not a one off, right? Experience. So I think what you're doing is exactly what I like to say is one of the most powerful things is come, it could be a Thanksgiving you know, effort that you do, it could be around Christmas time, but pick one thing that kind of is that tradition for the family and do it every year from when they're young, instead of trying to do a lot of things, not very well. Right. So for us, very similar to you, whenever we travel to another country, we've traveled to Costa Rica a lot and we always use one of our days to be of service. So we'll go to a a local school and we'll spend time with the kids and we'll help with supplies. And then we'll meet some of the families in the community, go to the shop and we'll buy some diapers and some baby food and some other things. And, you know, the kids get a sense. I think kids get a really 
clear sense, especially when in, in an educational context, when they see a school or they see how other children their age are living. And then they see how happy they are too, many of them, right? So Anya's experience was always when we went to Costa Rica, she's like, mama, they don't have anything. Like they barely have any lunch to eat and they're so happy. And what is that? So yes. that don't always equate somebody who is living in poverty as somebody who's actually unhappy. Right. You know, and it builds an understanding of a range of experiences and ways of living, you know, that I think are really important to kind of help understand. The other thing, you know, as we talk a lot as a country around diversity and equity and inclusion, I think one of the findings that many people are are understanding around how to understand diversity is that it it has to be about conversations, about shared experiences. So as younger children get older, how can they be in different environments so that they understand different experiences for children and really build that empathy as they're going. So it's not divorced from their life. You know, it's like Mm. us versus them, but rather like we're all human and we all have this shared common experience. You know, how do we create some experiences and, and build empathy around that? That's incredible. That's definitely something we can take a cue from, whether you're trying to give back to your own community or when you are traveling abroad, how you can make sure that you carve out time on your vacation to help the locals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think it's very powerful for children to see that also their parents value that as well, you know, part of their family values. Exactly. We hope you enjoyed this week's At Home with Homer segment. To download the app, visit learnwithhomer.com backslash momsense, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E to receive your very own 60-day free trial. Your kids are going to love playing the games, watching the visual stories, and more. There's no such thing as a work-life balance. No one has it. You know, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or a working mom, an entrepreneurial mom, there's no such thing as a 50-50 balance. It doesn't exist. But you decide what your non-negotiables are and you show up, you know? And so if you're the one packing the lunches, if you're the one helping with the science fair, if you're the one who's, in your case, you know, making labels till 2 a.m., you've decided that these are making it to my priority list and I'm carving out time and energy for this. So how did you decide what that is? And how how did you like really muster up the courage to show up for what you decided? Well, I think there's a couple of strategies I put in place. One is that I gave up mom guilt four kids ago. It's just not helpful. It's not proactive. It's like, you know, when I screw up or if I make a mistake, I'm like, sorry. And I say, sorry. And I learn from it and I do better. And I'm not, my ego was left at the door a long time ago in this parenting gig. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get it right all the time. And, um, and, and I'm okay with that. Again, I, I actually like role modeling, apologizing to my kids because then there's no, there's no shame in that game. And then they're like, yes. you know what, mom, I kind of screwed up. And I, I really thought about it. I could have done that differently. I'm like, great. How do you think you could have done it better? And this is mm. probably like, I literally never have to punish my children. Like we just have a discussion. Like people are like, oh, wow. I've never grounded a child. I don't think I've even yelled at a child. Like, wow. Just, yeah. Like, oh my gosh. But how do how do you do that with toddlers? Because yeah. you know they it, they definitely test you and they sure. are defiant. And so how do you keep your cool? What you allow is what will happen, right? So mm-hmm. you know I had I had one really challenging toddler. She, she was a hoot. Like all my other kids, I say they always have like one big temper tantrum, and then I just step over them on my way out of the room. And <laughs> if, if it works for them, they'll keep doing it, right? Right. My big key, and honestly, this came from a lot of my training through having a child with autism, and it sounds so simple, but it's so hard, is follow through. So I never said something and didn't follow through. I can remember one time my challenging little one, she was about four, and she was in the middle of the pool. My kids were all real swimmers, and she was in the middle of the pool swimming, and I had a few friends over, you know, moms, whatever, and I was dressed, and I said, okay, everybody, out of the pool. Okay. And, you know, everybody got out of the pool except my Spencer went in the middle of the pool and kind of gave me a na 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 na. I jumped in the pool and pulled her out. I pulled Whoa. her out. I jumped in fully dressed and pulled her out. I mean business. Like I don't. And so if I wasn't willing to follow through, like 
then I don't say it. Like if a kid's jumping on the couch, if I'm breastfeeding a baby, I don't say stop jumping on the couch because I'm not actually willing to act on if they don't do what I'm told because I don't want to stop breastfeeding. Yes, yes. So, you know, I think, and I, I caught myself a lot because I'd be like, oh, that was an empty threat. I got a, I, I had to take, put myself in check and be like, I can only give an instruction when I'm willing to follow through. And I don't do one, two, three magic. I say it the first time. And if they don't do it physically, you need to listen first time. And that's it. Not because then oh what God, they do, I'm like all years, because <laughs> then they learn yeah. that mummy only means business when she counts to three. Right. And the other thing so is right. And I've been doing one, two, three for like, no, year. I mean, they do, they do feel like the world's going to implode after you say three. Yeah. And then they just scramble because make I mean, it so, make it so they think the world's going to implode after you just say it once, Yes, you know, oh and God. then, and then Less it's always, stressful. you need to listen first time and make it. So if you're like, you need to sit down and they don't, you go and sit them down and say, you need to listen first time. But here's the other thing. If you say you need, you need to sit down and they sit down, then you're like, dude, great listening. High five. Mom loves you. That's awesome. Here's a smarty. I had a, I had a sign on my fridge, catch the mean good five goods to one negative, always five to one, because you are so much more lucky. Um, You're so much more likely to get the behavior you want. If you're rewarding the desired behavior. So you're so right. You're so right. The other thing that I always did was don't assume they know what you want. So rather than saying, don't jump on the couch, tell them what you want to see. Hey buddy, I need you to sit down on the couch. So tell them, ah, we assume they know. Instead of saying the negative, the don't, Put it, the no. Yeah, frame it differently. Yeah. And yes. then it's not even a negative, right? Right, 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 right. Oh my goodness. Wow. So, that's lots like of things, gems. lots of things. Really, yeah. really. I mean, I, I have some more for you because I feel like, again, it's like a lot of people who are listening have young toddlers. And I think yeah. just navigating this is is hard and you've been there and done that six times over. So you just know, <laughs> you just know. So here's my scenario. This morning at breakfast, I just finished packing the lunches and the two, my twins were giggling together. I mean, everything was really cute and happy, but I, I needed to rush them out the door because I had, I had my, to start my work day, you know? Right. And, um, and so they're like, they have their oatmeal and they're not eating it and they're just talking and backing around. And so I said, you know, you have five minutes to finish your food. I set a timer. Hey, Google, set a timer for five minutes. And then I said that if you guys don't finish in five minutes, I'm taking your plates mm-hmm. and you're just not going to eat. But is that how you, like, I don't know. It just, okay. I so what? Because I want them to have their breakfast. Right. Nope. Nope. I, that's exactly what I do. I would say, guys, if you've got five minutes to wind it up and I wouldn't even give the threat or I'm going to take your food away. Just when the five minutes was up, I would clear their plates and say, okay, let's time to go. And I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of natural consequences. You know what? They're not going to starve. If they're hungry tomorrow, they'll eat on time. If they, you can, you can let your little kids go hungry. And you know, this is, and the natural consequences, like, you know, you don't want to put on your sweater. Okay. Be cold. Like, honestly, if my kids forget their lunch, I don't bring it to them. They can go hungry for a day. Guess what? They all forget their lunch once, but I could spend my life chasing these kids around with all the stuff that they've forgotten. And how would I be productive then? Right. Right. Always say to them, you know, your lack of planning does not constitute my emergency. So get that, get that into them young. And it's not punishment, natural consequences and punishment. You're not saying you're not being a mean mom by not letting them have their breakfast. You gave them five minutes. Yeah. You said wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. And, and don't be angry. Don't be, just be like, okay, dudes, time to move to the next thing. Let's clear our uh, bowls. And yeah. like, it's not angry. And like my kids, I'm not punishing them by bringing, not bringing their lunch. I'm like, okay. oh, geez, you're gonna have to find an apple or go find your brother. He might have an extra granola bar. And if they forget, get resourceful, like, and yeah, get, it won't happen again. That's right. And you know what? They haven't had scurvy once because they forgot their lunches. You know, yes. we, we tend to over worry about things like the eating and the kids are fine. The kids are fine. Okay. And I okay. do that too. Like if they forget their gym clothes, I don't run their gym clothes over. They have to sit out. That's what happens when you forget your gym clothes. That's unfortunate, yes. right? Yes, yes. And if you forget your your homework at home, then you might have to stay in at recess and redo it. Or you might get 10% off your mark. Oh, well, that's the consequence. It's not punishment. It's just how it is. And just frame it that way. Okay. You know, wow. you're, you're not so angry. Good. It's just that's how it is. Yeah. 
you forget yeah. your lunch and you go hungry too, right? Mom? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and that's what it means to be an independent, autonomous human being. Yeah. <laughs> and again, then it just natural consequences, not punishment, just that's how it is. So okay. you're being positive about it. It's not negative. And I'm like you, I don't want my mornings to be, I don't want to be a nagging dragon in the morning with my kids. No. So I actually have a little setup. I'm a big fan of visuals. So they all have charts. If they don't know what they're doing, I don't tell them what to do. Like if they're standing there and say they need to put their lunchbox in their knapsack or they have to whatever, yeah. you know, I'll just be like, go to your ready, set, go board. I don't tell them oh, what to do. Cool. So yeah. they go to their board. If they've got the deer in the headlights look and they're like, oh, okay, that's what I should do next. Right. And then by the end of the morning, when they're just going out to school, they're going out to daycare and they've already moved their little magnets over and they've already accomplished that for the day. They're setting themselves up for success for the day. Oh my gosh. Can you email me this? Yes, I sure can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like groundbreaking. I, I cannot tell you. Wow. 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 Well, um, and you know how it is. You need your kids to be independent. We need, we yes. want our kids to be. And if we invest the time when they're little, oh, it pays off. It really pays off. So, yes. you know, getting them to be able to get their own little bowls of cereal out and getting packing yep. up their little things and getting, you know, putting, and I, I, mornings are not times for decisions. We lay out at the close the night before, and I do a lot right. of implied choice. I don't say, what do you want to wear tomorrow? I say, do you want this or this? Yes. And they get, so they think they're making big choices, but really I'm narrowing it down. It's like, I would never say, what's, what do you want for dinner? Could you imagine on the ma'am? I'd say, do you guys want spaghetti or hamburgers? They right. got two choice, you know, and then, right. can, right. and then majority wins or whatever. But implied choice is a, is a great way to go. Don't overwhelm them with too many choices. And then you've got some, still some control. Yeah, how things exactly. are going to play out. Right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. absolutely. Well, back to, you know, your, your product. I wanted to find out who's Mabel. oh the question I get asked the most and I have the most boring answer to Mabel's nobody she was our brand we wanted we've got this like little Mabel logo who personifies like fun and feisty and adventure and inspiring and you know we just it was a branding thing honestly Mabel's labels people remembered it it worked I actually have a story that I made up and it's a total lie. So my co-founders wouldn't <laughs> let me, my co-founders would never let me say it, but can I tell you what my yes, made up story is? Yeah. Tell okay. me your fabricated story. One okay. Second. That when I was a child, I had a cat named Mabel and Mabel would disappear into the neighborhood for days on end, but she would always come back just like your belongings will. If they have Mabel's labels on them, then they might go to the lost and found, but they'll make their way back to you. Huh? Oh Not my bad. God. It's so cute. I love right? it. I love and, it why we let the truth get in the way of a good story yes i know right (laughs) yeah oh so so cute tell us about the you know product offerings that you have um yeah and how you support parents awesome okay so we started initially with our our, our traditional sticky label. This is personalized. A mom goes on or dad goes on to the website, goes to mableslabels.com, puts in their kiddo's name, picks colors, picks font, picks a little picture icon. And then we make them and send them out and they are dishwasher, microwave safe. Our clothing labels go through industrial washers and dryers. We've got tag mates that are just peel and stick on the tag clothes so you don't have to iron or sew but we do have iron-ons as well and we have a clothing stamp we have allergy alerts we have shoe labels we have bag tags and if you go to our website we've done all the thinking for you if you're looking for a day camp pack we've put something together for you if you're doing like a kindergarten pack we've put a kindergarten pack together and a preschool pack and a daycare pack and an overnight camp pack all sorts of offerings and it's it's really fun and you know i think especially i mean obviously we wanted to keep things out of the lost and found but right. through covid our narrative has really changed because we really want to avoid germy mix ups Yes. At this time. So you know That's, what? Like yeah, makes sense. Right? You don't want your kid taking a swig out of some kid at daycare sippy cup no. or you know, or their water bottle at school. And I even find for our pre-readers, you know, if they can't read their name. I know my daughter Posey, she always had the cow. So she would find the label with the cow on it before she right. but for your pre-readers, you know, they have their own little icons too, which is super helpful. Right, right. Oh, that's so great. You know what I love? I'm going to grab it right now. Yeah. Um, and thank you for sending me these is the stamps. Oh, I know. Oh, my I goodness. Know. This is I my Chris stamp. I have one for all three. And I love it. I mean, it's yeah. just um, 
and these don't wash off on clothes. So I never did the iron on. That's like, yeah, I know that that sounds a little high maintenance. The iron. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just stamping away on uh, t-shirts and exactly. That's the way. Oh, that's so good. I'm glad you love that. The stamp has been a big hit. That's for sure. Yes. Any other products that parents would want well the one especially for back to school yeah for back to school again if you do have um, a child who has food sensitivities or allergies do check out our allergy labels it's just that kind of nice last line of defense i mean i know daycare workers are really you know careful and but if you get a supply in there and the regular caregivers it's just peace of mind the other thing that i love 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 is our preschool shoe labels so how they yeah. work is like you'll have half of a butterfly with the child's name and half of a butterfly with the child's name and they go on the insole of the shoe and then you put them together so the child doesn't get their left and right mixed up. So they so put smart. Yeah, they put so their smart. together or their butterfly together and then they, they again, we've set them up for success with their right and left shoes. <laughs> yes, no, I love that. And I, so cute. Yeah, before I discovered that you had labels for that, I was writing Eleanor. Oh. But then, yeah, but then it still it would like rub off you know and then uh, the marker just would just the wear and tear of it but this way more fun and visual and durable and they stay put I mean shoes are hard to label and these things stay put I have got a pair of I've got shoe labels in my oldest child's little soccer cleats and I purposefully left the same ones in and didn't re I mean obviously they went through all six kids because everything goes through all six kids right um and I just left Max ones in there and all six kids wore them. And those shoe labels were still in by the time Finian was done. Had Get outgrown them. out. Yeah. Wow. So wow. the kids will outgrow or they will trash the clothing and the label will still be there. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's great. Well, tell us about like, you know, how they're made and, you know, how they are kind of so durable. Yeah. Well, you know, I would tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. This yeah, is highly intellectual <laughs> property, but I can tell you that, um, you know, if your listeners check out our website and also we are giving all of your uh, listeners a c- coupon code. Yes. So I believe we said it was mom sense 10 and that works right. site wide. So if they go to mableslabels.com, they can put that coupon code in and try out any fun and durable and functional products. Oh it's, my goodness. It's also great too. Like when you have kids who my kids don't have sort of regular names, they're not ever going to be on like the top 100 list of names. Right. No so keychains, no, no. Plates. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of special for those kids to see their names in print and I as a mom loved seeing their names in print too and just yeah. you know back to school we just get everything out we label everything and the teachers love it too right because it's so helpful when they're trying to keep their classrooms organized absolutely absolutely one question that I always ask is mom sense moment and I feel like you've had to trust your mom sense your built-in sixth sense and intuition when it comes to each of your kids so tell us about that been it's been a real blast like honestly having all these kids getting to know like every time I would have one I would just look at them and be like what is this gonna bring like this is what like they're all so different and you know it never wears off I'm telling you moms out there you have that first baby you're just like oh my gosh I just I for me I was shocked I actually didn't know I could feel that way about another human like yeah I knew I knew I loved lots of people in my life but when Mac was born I was like whoa okay nobody talked about this or nobody could explain it until till I felt it wow and I and I did feel that way about each one and I remember when I was having my sixth and I also had six c-sections which is ridiculous right yeah I've had two but yeah I know I know it's but I have my um, babies one at a time (laughs) yeah I know there's that I still remember I still remember I know this is getting a little graphic but I remember after you push out the baby yeah. Three or four days later, you're going to push out your first poop. Yeah, right. It hurts like hell. Oh, yeah, right. It's so, yeah, I, I can't know. believe you went through that six times. Yep, six of them. <laughs> um, so when I had my sixth, though, my mom was there and... 
I said, oh, mom, I think it's time to close up shop. I'm like getting old and I've had six C-sessions. It's all kinds of ridiculous. And yeah. she's, and I said, I just, I'll miss having this feeling again. And she said, oh, Julie, don't you worry. You'll get it again. I've had it 12 times since when you're a grandparent. She's like, it feels exactly the same. And I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. so true. That's so true. I love that. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's kind of embracing each phase of life and That's the it. joys that it brings, you know? That's it. Yeah. It's so great. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? There's a nice by Angelou quote that I like um, about success. And it's something like defining success is liking who you are, liking what you do and liking how you do it. And um, I, I feel like I, I've got those things going on. So I'm, I, I feel successful um, yes. if that's how we define it. We all define success differently. And I think we need to define it in our own terms. And it's like that whole notion of having it all, you know, I, to me, I have it all. I have what I want. And a lot of people would be like six kids and a business. Uh, that is not my having it all. So right. I don't think we can let other people define what our success is and what our having it all means. Yep, absolutely. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. For our Mom Hall section, um, we just love to hear about if there's like a product or app or really anything that you're loving that you've discovered that you want to share with your friends. Oh, let me think now. Uh, Okay, I just packed a bunch of kids away to camp. So I'm going to tell you about a particular towel that I adore. Okay. It's a quick dry. It's called Tally Towel. And okay. it's a dry microfiber towel that's personalized. Um, and I absolutely love the woman behind it who created this. It's a mom. I try to support a lot of mom-owned businesses. So I'm going to give a shout out to the Tally Towel today. That is amazing. Oh, I can't wait to look that up. I guess before I ask you, you know, where we can find you, um, is there any other facet to Mabel's navels that we should know um, as far as philanthropy or how you're like really giving back to parents. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, you know what, at Mabel's Labels, we're very, we're, you know, women started company. A lot of women are running the show there. We have a very sort of flexible workplace. As long as you're productive, we don't care where you do your work for the most part. Um, We found that you treat people like adults, they act like adults. And, (laughs) you know, if you give people skin in the game, then they're entrepreneurial at work, which is so wonderful. So it's been a really amazing journey of, you know, a lot of, a lot of women and a lot of moms being empowered. And that's been, that's been a pretty special journey for us. That's so great. And where can my listeners find you? You can find us over at mamblesabels.com, of course. And we have a very vibrant Facebook community. We have over 200,000 Facebook fans, about 90,000 Instagram followers. So we have a big community. I blog there. We have guest bloggers on. So it's a wonderful community. Please come around and, and join. Thank you, Julie. This was so enlightening. Thank you so much for all of your sage advice and helping us parents get organized back to school and year round. Thanks so much for having me. I've enjoyed this so much. So now do you feel ready for back to school? You will be when you go shopping on MabelsLabels.com. As I mentioned earlier, I love the personalized stamps and the shoe labels, which are stickers cut in halves so your kids can have fun putting the shoes side by side um, and matching the stickers. As Julie mentioned, use my exclusive code MOMSENSE10 in all caps for 10% off site-wide at MabelsLabels.com. Tune into other episodes and browse my YouTube videos and blog posts on my website, thatstotalmomsense.com. I do want to give a shout out to Ratui, who left a wonderful review on Apple Podcasts. Um, she writes, great host and podcast. This podcast is so helpful and motivating. Congrats to Kanika for creating an amazing platform for moms. Thank you so much, Ratui. And email me your address to that's total momsense at gmail.com and I will send you some very special merch. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you next time. That's total mom sense.